time Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. In whom you were also circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, and the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh, and the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. You were dead through your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses, having blotted out the bond written in the audiences that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he was taking it out that way, nailing it to the cross, having stripped the principalities and the powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for being with us today. Happy Sunday, everybody. We are in the midst of our Foundations of the Faith series where we've been talking about all of those very basic, very foundational aspects of the Christian faith to remind those of us that have been in it for a minute, as well as to educate those of us that are newer to the Christian faith. And so this week we are talking about baptism. So, you know, we got to be by some water to talk about baptism. And for those of you that have uh, uh, attended a beach baptism at City Point, um, perhaps you can remember all of the great memories that we have had out here on the water for our annual summer beach baptism, which, by the way, I'm looking forward to us being able to have it again this summer as well. If you've missed any parts of this series, go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, We're on YouTube. Make sure you go there, subscribe. You can check out the older stuff from this series as well as the previous series that we have done as well. And we are getting our subscribers up. So go there and subscribe to our channel. Also, if you have not, share out the stream. Share out the stream. It allows other people um, other people to be able to connect with the content that we put out, the service that is blessing you, has the opportunity to bless other people as well. So today, again, we're talking about baptism. I want to jump into a word of prayer and then we'll jump right into the scripture and we'll, we'll jump into this word. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving us this chance to come together to hear your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak through me to these, your people, in a way that is real, in a way that is also relevant to them. I pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at Acts chapter 8. I want to look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is Philip and the eunuch. It says in verse 35 of Acts chapter 8, Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's some, here's some water. 
What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Verse 38, and he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing, but went on his way rejoicing. Let's talk about baptism. So I can remember it like it was yesterday, right? I was seven years old. I had to wait until I was seven, actually. So I was seven years old, and I was finally at the age where I could be baptized, right, which was really amazing. I had seen my older cousins get baptized, and on on first Sunday, um, they got a chance to to eat the cracker and drink the juice um, during church service, and I did not get to do it. And so I couldn't wait until I got big enough to be baptized so that I could take communion. And so I remember like it was yesterday, seven years old, whole family is there. It is, um, it is just before afternoon service. So in that, in this little crevice of time between morning service, because our church service was long in the morning, between morning service and afternoon service, this little period of time where baptism happened. And so it was me and it was a few other kids that got baptized that day. And I remember going down into the church basement and and my mom uh, helped me uh, change into the white clothes uh, for baptism and then went upstairs and, and, and the deacons and all the people in the church were singing, take me to the water to be baptized. Uh, none but the righteous shall see God. And, and I remember uh, getting down in that water, a little bit nervous, but getting down in that water and Pastor Tommy Woolridge of the Helping Hand Missionary Baptist Church on the west side of Chicago raised his hand and said, in obedience to the great head of the church, I do now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And then took me down into the water and brought me up. At seven years old, the significance of baptism that I understood it was that it was a rite, a passage, if you will, a rite of passage that we all needed to go through who were a part of the church. Not only that, but it was like a thing that you had to go through if you wanted to be able to partake in communion. That's what I understood at seven years old. But but I want to reflect back at 40 to ask the question, what is it that was happening in baptism? Why was this a rite of passage? Why was this a thing that we all needed to go through? We see this story in Acts chapter 8 of Philip um, coming up on an Ethiopian eunuch. He comes up on the Ethiopian eunuch who worked for the Queen Candace of Ethiopia. And when Philip comes upon him, he is... Um, reading from the scrolls, right? From the Old Testament scrolls, from the Jewish scrolls. He is reading them in the chariot aloud. And Philip walks over, led by the Holy Spirit, and he asks him this question, do you know what you're reading? This Ethiopian eunuch says that there's some things I understand and some things that I don't understand. But this thing that I'm reading about in Isaiah, can, can you tell me, is Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? This opens up the door, Philip, a disciple of Jesus Christ. This opens up the door for Philip to be able to tell him all about Jesus Christ and Isaiah's prophecies about Jesus. As they continue to talk, the way that the word puts it, the way that Luke, the writer, the author of Acts, 
puts it is as a result of this, this eunuch demonstrates his belief in Jesus Christ. And then he says to Philip, here's some water as they're traveling along. What's stopping me from being baptized? He orders the chariot to stop and he gets out and Philip baptizes him. We see baptism happening there. We also see Paul talk about baptism in Romans, right? It is in Romans. I think it's in Romans chapter six. I want y'all to look there with me real quick and actually we'll show it on the screen. But it's Paul in Romans chapter six, verse three and verses three and four, where he says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Paul effectively shares with us there that what is happening right there when we get baptized is when we go down into the water, we are symbolizing the Christ when he goes down into the tomb. The second thing that is happening It is not only that, but when we get raised out of the water, we are symbolically being raised anew with Jesus Christ. So in a sense, the old man or woman is going down into the watery grave and what is coming up out of it is the new woman or man that is made new in Jesus Christ. I didn't know it at seven. And perhaps that's the age that you were when you were baptized or at some similar age when you got baptized. I didn't know it then, and perhaps you didn't know it then, but what was happening is that the old self was being buried and the new self, new in Christ, made new in Christ, was coming alive. Now, there's a whole lot of sanctification that had to happen after that, right? At, At seven years old, you haven't steeped yourself in the old man, the old woman enough to really understand what it means to be made new. There is a sanctification process that had to happen, but this is what in the spiritual realm is happening. Second thing that is happening there is an identification or public witness for Jesus Christ that is also happening there. Your baptism is a public thing. It is a way of us preaching a sermon effectively to the world to say that we are one with Jesus Christ now. We are being publicly identified with Jesus Christ. To see the significance in this, you got to understand Roman emperor, emperor worship. Yeah, They were not just emperors in a sense of being kings that controlled and ruled over the people but they were kings in a sense that they believed explicitly that they were gods and demanded the worship of the people. Yes, emperor worship was an actual thing. It it was an actual thing during this time. And so um, when one was baptized publicly, you were effectively saying that Jesus is king and Caesar is not. That is a dangerous public a statement that is being made when one is out in front of witnesses being baptized. It is a revolutionary thing. It is a subversive thing that is happening. But this is what is happening when Christians in the first century are being baptized. The, the third picture, the third thing that is happening when one is baptized is this thing of identification. Now, baptism comes from the, the Greek word baptizo. baptizo. 
And what baptizo mean is to immerse, right? It comes out of the garment industry. You you would take a a piece of cloth, whatever type of cloth it happens to be, and if you may want the cloth to be purple, you may want the cloth to be red, you may want the cloth to be any other color than what it is, but in order to make it from what it used to be into what you wanted it to be, you created a pool of dye. And after you have created that pool of red dye or purple dye or blue dye, whatever it happened to be, after you have created it, the next thing that you would do is you would take that piece of cloth and you would baptizo, you would immerse it into the dye. And so now what it used to be, it no longer is that, but it becomes identified with that dye that it had been immersed in. And so there is this last picture of baptism that when we go down into the water, we are not simply going down into the water just for the sake of it, but we are an old person. We are an individual with our own individual ways, with our own individual thoughts and, and idiosyncrasies. But when, when we decide to be identified with Christ, what we are effectively doing is trading in who we used to be to now be immersed, to now be identified with Jesus Christ and we come up identified with Christ. And that's what baptism is about. That's what baptism is about. And so whether you knew it or not, just like I didn't know it at seven years old, whether you knew it or not, when you got baptized, that is what was happening. There are those of you that are in the faith that are perhaps new to the faith and and have made a decision for Jesus Christ, but have not become baptized yet. I look forward to being able to be a part of that moment with you where I and others get to take you down into the water old and bring you up brand new, identified with Jesus Christ. And that's baptism. That's what baptism is about. Yeah.